0: and it's over to Lewis and Robbie.
1: Hello and welcome listeners to episode 117 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. Or too much talking of pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Andert and I'm joined this week by a man who is rejoicing in his negativity. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Oh, much
2: better. Much better now, but earlier.
1: You've had, oh. you've had some good news, Lewis.
2: Yeah, look, uh, results have come back, mate, uh, and, and I'm not pregnant. It's good it's good news
1: oh, fantastic good how'd good you news. go with weeing on the stick mate good or did you sort of splash it around a bit
2: no no all good all good so listeners don't know how to day off work yesterday probably first day i've had off uh, i'd say 12 months probably don't, I don't take yeah. any sick days but had a little bit of a cold and normally i'd go into work but it's covert times isn't it mate it's covert times so I woke up in the morning bit of a sore throat thought yeah I have got a cold um yes. so went and uh, rang work and said I oh, look can't come in etc cetera, etc cetera. um and I thought I would better do my duty I think it's just a cold but better go and get tested for covid yeah. and uh, good news is got it uh, got the results a couple of hours ago and all negative so back to work nice. on, back to work next week
1: so uh, how long did it take you to get the test done? Like wh- how long were you yeah. lining up for?
2: Yeah. So I went down to the Alfred Hospital in in Melbourne, Paran in Melbourne, yep. um, and got down there and the first time I went down, the security guard said, oh, sorry, sir, uh, you're the first in the queue. They're going to clean, uh, deep clean the whole facility and they'll be back. And I, got, I was there at 11 and yep. – uh, And uh, we'll be start taking queuing people up at 1230 again. I went, oh, so you want me to stand here for an hour and a half? And I sort of went, no, look, I'll go, go back. Went back home again. Uh, or maybe back. you could
1: go to a local you could, could have gone to a local cafe or something like that, maybe go to <laughs> mcdonald 's or you know a supermarket or something like that yeah well, well, I was really looking I was thinking you know I could really expand the Kirkham cluster, you know
2: really <laughs> spread it out. I was having a good cough, and I thought yeah, I could go and sit and have a a brunch and a lunch somewhere, It'd just be lovely spread it around so yeah. you know, went back home again uh went back again, uh queued for about an hour, I reckon, and um yeah is right. sort of queue you know, you, you, I don't know, mate, you know, you're queuing, you're standing around for a long time. Maybe, maybe you've had a big Indian dinner the night before or something with a, some baked beans or something like that. And normally if you're in a queue like that, and you, you, you've got a bit of a, perhaps something a going gas. on.
1: Yeah, a bit, a bit talking, of gas. Talk, 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 talking borborygmus here, you yeah, know, yes. a little bit of colonic activity. Yeah, a yeah, little yeah, bit of yeah. gas,
2: a little bit of wind. And I, I, I guess when you're normally in that sort of queue, you might, to perhaps disguise that you're going to let off something like that, you might give a bit of a cough at the same time. Oh, right. Yes. But I thought, hang on a sec. This is not where I want to be coughing. So which one's worse? Am I, am I perhaps letting something go from my bottom to disguise my cough or am I coughing to disguise the other one? It was a real, 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 uh, social dilemma for me there for the whole hour. Just thinking, what do I do? What do I do?
1: So, uh, and, and what did you do there? Did you just, did uh, you just let it rip? You just, uh, you know, cause I mean, you can't catch COVID from ask gas. So, you know, it's only, it's only, I'm, or at least I'm pretty sure anyway, loss, I'm not hundred percent sure, but uh, yeah. And when, we're, and, we're, and we're nothing, if not um, factually incorrect on this, uh, on this podcast. Exactly.
2: Um, well, the and- good news is I'm negative. So it didn't really matter what I did, but the amazing thing was I was, I took a photo of the line, I sent it to Deb sort of, I'm in the queue. And Deb goes, are you wearing a face mask because a lot of people weren't wearing face masks. I said, Yeah, yeah, nah, it's fine. We've all got it in this queue, no need to worry. We've all, we're, all, we're all in this together,
1: we've all got it. One big happy family, yeah. Um, oh, oh, Christina and Ruben, um, they, they, they got tested last week as well. Oh, um, yeah, and it took, it took them five days to get their results back, like it took ages.
2: Oh, wow, yeah, well, you yeah, yeah. To- so totally isolate for those five days too that's hard and
1: that's exact and that's exactly what they did so it meant that Ruben missed the last week of school last oh, um or oh, three three days of school um and then christina had to um had to lock down with him too and couldn't go anywhere so um so yeah it was um was pretty and until they got the uh, got the results through like Ruben missed out on a birthday party and oh wow um, and a, few, a few other things and like because it was on I think it was the Tuesday that they got tested, but they didn't get the results through until the Sunday night. So by the time we hit sort of Friday, Saturday, Ruben's running up and down the yeah. hallway going, absolutely bananas. Just going, I feel great. Let's go. You yeah. know, um, you know, so it's, it's that thing of, um, you know, the, 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 difficulty of, you know, you, and we, we did the impatient, um, the impatient uh, client thing and rang up and go, just wondering oh, if the you? results have come through yet, you know, oh, knowing wow. knowing full well that they probably weren't going to, but we just wanted to check just because, yeah. oh, you know, at least at least let's have a look and see. But yeah, I mean, they were both negative too. So, you know, so that's good because it was just a cold, as you said, you know, you're, you're trying to do, you trying to do the right thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well,
2: I, yeah. I got results within 24 hours. So I can, if you, unfortunately, if you have to go for a test, I can recommend going to the the Alfred um yeah i was i got results within 24 hours which is which is great so i was just at home and uh, oh deb I, you wouldn't mind if you could get me another coffee up the street it'd be lovely thanks you know because it was nice <laughs> to be able to do that a little bit to, uh, oh a bit of lunch yeah that'd be nice thanks yeah yeah can't go out yeah thanks thanks that'd be great so yeah, anyway yeah, can't, can't
1: take the rubbish out i can't yeah. you know go and yeah. do that you know if you, could, if you could if you could if you can clean the gutters out too because i'm not allowed outside of the house lawns, need mowing. Thanks, deb. lawns yeah. need mowing lawns need mowing Thanks, darling. That'd, that'd be terrific if you yeah, could do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How's your week been? Uh, I've had an interesting week, mate, because usually you're the one that's uh, you know, dazzling our listeners with your interactions with wildlife. But yeah. uh, I can categorically say that I had a koala consult oh, this week.
2: Wow. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah. Blinky bill. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So usually, um, usually I sort of try and decline the wildlife, uh, wildlife consults because it's usually not necessarily my my forte. And yes. so I like to try and say, I mean, particularly for big creatures like that, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, you do your um your triage and you make sure that uh, you know, if it's something that's really really sick or then you know or, or suffering, then you do what you got to do. But otherwise, um, try and send it off to you know the zoo or to um to Hillsville or try and get it to a carer that can get it off to one of those places a bit quick. But, um, now one of our clients, um, spoke to me and said, oh, look, I was wondering whether or not I could bring, um, bring my koala in, um, uh, with my daughter to get you to, uh, to have a little look. So, um, so I've just shot you through the, uh, the image now. So hopefully you'll get that through of the, um, the, the koala that I saw in the console.
2: Right. I, I, I think I'm getting a bit of a theme here, mate. It hasn't come through. Oh, that's very cute. We'll have to put that on Instagram. Yes. Ah, Absolutely yeah so t- tell us so, is
1: what we got mate So so what we've got we've got uh Kobe the Koala or Kirby, sorry Kirby the Koala um who who came in uh, who was actually a puppet uh, so the, um, the, 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 story behind this is, um, uh, Darren, uh, uh, one of my clients, um, saw him with his dog Lucy in for, for vaccination and, uh, finished the consult and he said, oh, no, look, I've got a, I was wondering if I could ask you a favor. I, um, you know, I, I, in a past life, I was a puppet maker and I thought, okay, right. Yeah. This is a, this, this post consult story taken a, you know, t- taken a slight, you know, dog legged turn and I had, not wasn't expecting. Um, and he said, oh, and I've started doing a, 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 started up a YouTube channel with my daughter, Ella, um, where we're trying to do some, uh, some stories with uh, involving the puppets, right. um, the, these puppets that I make. He said, look, I'll, I'll show you the video. So he showed me this little promo video that he's done um, with uh, with Kirby, the koala. And, um, and so he showed it to me. Me and he said so i was i was wondering whether i said like, oh look mate i'll stop you there just hard yes Hard. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. You know, yep. yeah, definitely. Yep. This is all, this is, you know, abs- what, why not? Let's do it. So, um, and because now I'm, I'm on holidays Lewis, you know, I've got, I actually got two weeks of annual leave, which I'm looking forward to. But, um, I, so I emailed him back and I said, Oh, yeah, now look, Darren, it'd be great to do it, but either I can do it this Tuesday or Tuesday in three weeks time when I'm, when I'm back from holidays. Um, and so he emailed back and, uh, I was sending that on the Monday. So he said back, yeah, look, I'll do, we'll do it this afternoon. That'd be terrific. So this Tuesday I'm busting my guts at work, trying to get everything done. And, um, as I was like, right, I'm all finished. I was here late on the Monday, so I'm going to head home. So I headed home, I'm talking to the builder cause we're getting the, the, the front fence built. And then, uh, Christina pulls up in the car and Ruben winds down the window. And he's like, dad, did you forget something? And I go, uh, uh he said, weren't you doing the puppet show? Oh no. So poor Darren's turned up with Kirby the koala, with Ellery's daughter at the clinic. The clinic's been trying to call me, and oh, I didn't have my phone with me. And I
2: got oh, oh mate, oh mate. So
1: no. I threw the dog at the builder. I said, "You hold on to the dog. Give that to Christine when she gets out of the car." I grabbed my keys, jumped in the car, and drove back to um to Mount Waverley. Um, and yeah, did a, uh, a a video consult um in the in the clinic with Kirby the koala.
2: Very nice. Will you will you give us a link?
1: Put the link in the notes. Yeah, yeah. So once Darren's finished uh, putting it all together, so we did some, uh, you know, did, did some uh, some some takes, and then did did some outtakes. So we'll wait and see how it all comes up. So once it comes through, we'll uh, hit the link up. But I'll put the photo on uh, for everyone uh, now because it was a, yeah, it was a bit of fun. It was a pretty pretty cool little uh, little puppet. I've never done any puppet work. Have you ever uh, had a you know, had, had to do any veterinary puppet action?
2: <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Mate. I don't know where you go with that. I would not sure, so a show or a puppet show once oh, um, did you? at the forum yes at the forum puppetry of the um oh, i can't remember uh, the, what it the, was something oh, yeah just was, some was sort of the, puppet show the wind surfer the hamburger i don't know some i can't remember what it was called
1: some r- r- wrist watching something <laughs> yes, like that uh, you know but yeah. speaking
2: of uh, p- puppets mate and sock puppets how yes. are the socks going in the new
1: renovation still still on the floor there still everyone wearing the socks uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah now, now that we're actually uh, yeah, fully interneted up here at uh, at Cars yes. at Anderton, know, um, yeah, we're uh, on the on the actual commute, so you can actually see just how shiny those floorboards are. Um, I uh, the, the builder did actually have a go at me the other day because, uh, like, I'm a day off, so I've walked out. Uh, uh, you know, I said, "Look," he said, "Oh, can I just show you this thing around the side of the house?" I said, "Yeah, no problems. Let me put my safety boots on." So I just put my thongs on over my socks because, you know, I'm a middle-aged dad, <laughs> so yeah, we can get away with we're wearing socks and thongs at the same time. Um, and he's has Oh, couldn't take the time to actually put on a matching pair of socks, and I had to look down. Go, mate! I go by thickness, not by colour. How do you do it? So,
2: ah, <laughs> uh, very good. Very good. Yeah. What else has been happening, mate? Anything
1: else this uh, week? So we've had, yeah, yeah, no. So we had, um, had a friend of the show, Dr. Clint, come in on, uh, on, on Wednesday. We had to do a, uh, help me out to do a, um, end, uh, ultrasound and endoscopy on a, on a friend from baseball's cat. Um, yeah. Dr. Yeah, Clint, so in, was, um,
2: internal medicine specialist, a mobile vet around Melbourne. Yeah, Insight
1: Mobile Veterinary Diagnostics. Um, who Whoa, does, is, he, uh, is he paying for this? Hang on a sec. What's going on here? Oh, he. he he gave me, gave me a little discount. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> you no, gave him a sticker? No, well, Did you give him a sticker? yeah. Oh, absolutely! I, I just haven't what? told him. And whenever he's, when well, no, whenever he's in, um, whenever he's in doing the job, I run out and I put a sticker on the back of his car, <laughs> yeah, you know, just on the on the on the passenger's back passenger side, so we can't see it. We're up yep. to about twenty six stickers on there now, and he still hasn't said anything. So nice. we'll see whether or not he listens to this, and uh, and yeah, he runs off and starts peeling them all off. <laughs> um, so uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting case actually. It was a seven year old cat that's um that's been vomiting for a while, and uh, previous uh, other vets have been doing doing uh blood tests and they've done ultrasounds and couldn't really find much and um you know they're given it's a young cat and not losing weight and said oh look you know let, try to do it a food trial but the cat just uh decided to, that it wasn't going to eat any of the food and i said oh look i'm you know uh, I'm not not happy with what's going on here i think we need to look at trying to do do some work up or um or you know try something else and they said look we're happy to try and get to the bottom of it so i said look i think while i might be able to see something on the ultrasound i think this sounds like a job for uh yeah you know, jo- job for the professionals so let's get let's get clint in so clint came in and did the ultrasound and found a uh found a big mass in the cat's stomach and then we went on and did the uh did the uh endoscopy so we put the camera down into the cat's stomach and got a really good view of this tumor down inside of the cat's tummy so we we're able yeah. to get inside of the stomach so we we're able to get biopsies of it that way and so we can work out what it is and work out what the game plan is going to be from there so oh
2: dear oh yeah. mate, so, so, was so he- not
1: not. Not necessarily a great, uh, or hopefully it'll be a comeback as something that's going to be respectable for the cat. But you know, it was at least a sort of drove home to me about the uh, the importance of trying to do a workup if things aren't uh, aren't necessarily fitting the uh, you know fitting the normal uh, the normal things.
2: Yeah, right. So you haven't got the C results back yet.
1: No, no, I was hoping to get them back today before I left, but they hadn't come back through yet. So, uh, right. so still just, uh, still just waiting for it.
2: Oh, fantastic. Now, mate, I've got some, uh, some, uh, some fun factsy that uh, hit, us, hit Actually, us with some
1: fun facts.
2: Probably a lot of the, perhaps large numbers of, of the ladies who are listeners might be aware of these fun facts because of um, where they've come from. But did you know that uh, it's physically impossible for a pig to raise their head and look at the sky? I did not know that. No, you didn't.
1: A good fun fact. Fun fact number two. What what happens if they're lying on their back, though, Lewis, and they can look up at the sky? Is that.
2: It's physically impossible. That's what physically it says. Physically impossible. Yep. Uh, yeah. uh, the collective noun for a group of ferrets is a. A stink? <laughs> no. <laughs> a business. A, bi- a business of a ferrets. Business. Yeah. Right. Oh, well, there you go. And do you want another one?
1: Another one? Yeah, why uh, not? Hippopotamus milk is pink wow so, so there, well, that's that's interesting we, we, we were talking in one of the earlier episodes about other bodily fluid colors of rhinos but you know certainly hadn't covered hippopotamus milk
2: yeah so there you go mate so thank you very much to uh to libra for those those uh special oh, little a, little little handy little uh little uh tips for the day fun veterinary facts fun day. facts yeah yeah i yeah. was
1: um I, I was thinking when you when you led in with the uh that, that women might know about this i thought <laughs> gee whiz yeah we're we're definitely uh, you know pro um you know we're, we're uh we're, we're <laughs> Marginal- very thoughtful we're
2: <laughs> marginalizing you know, we're, our audience
1: we're, we're respectful of women and and their and what they have to go through As as two middle-aged um you know middle-class white men we're definitely uh, all about uh, you know uh, understanding what what women go through so there you go yeah you know, i hope um I hope those fun facts were good fun facts for you, ladies. <laughs> yes,
2: well, some of the men might not have read those, but I'm sure some of the ladies will have. But anyway,
1: yeah, I, I, I certainly hadn't read those on the outside of fantail packets, Lewis. No, they, no, they're not. They one didn't of seem the like fantail quizzes. No.
2: no, 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 definitely not. No. Yeah, now, but speaking hey. of fa-
1: fans, yes, big thanks of Zilkeen. Big. To fan.
2: big fa- oh, big we are big, we are a big fan of Zilkeen. We are definitely big thank you to them, uh, supporters of the podcast with their mild anxiety lowering medication. Um, that uh, actually, I heard this week that uh, that uh, one of our well known listeners to the podcast might be moving on. So, good luck with your new endeavor from Brazilkeen. From uh, um, oh, yes. Hope hope all goes well. Um, But anyway, no, we uh, really appreciate your support uh, for the dogs or cats that have got some mild anxiety issues. Um, Really good to try them on Zilkine. Um, It's so uh,
1: safe, Lewis. It's so safe.
2: No side effects.
1: So safe. It can be used if you're on other medications, be it for other behavioral medications or, or, you know, um, arthritis medications or anything, you know, it doesn't interact with anything, you know, so it's, and, and, uh, and, Lynn, my practice manager at work, her cat is incredibly finicky, licks it off his dry food. She doesn't even have to mix it in wet food. He just licks it all up. Fantastic. So, you know, and t- well yeah, that dry so-
2: food that dry food, mate, what brand would that dry food be?
1: Uh well a brand a brand that it could be is delicate care. <laughs> That's right. Very, very it good might food. not be, but just but just in case it was, it could be delicate care.
2: Exactly. And I'm sure you're using the delicate care on that kitten before you did the ultrasound with Clint. Uh, we,
1: we, um, was going to, yes. but the cat had actually already had kangaroo in the, in its past uh, dietary history. So, yes, so, so we couldn't use that one in particular, but I had, I did actually speak to them about it. The, um, the, the sensitive skin and stomach for cat where it's uh, it got a duck and kangaroo protein based Lewis. So it works really well as a novel protein diet, Australian made, uh, made in Perth, shipped across. So I believe they are still uh, letting the delicate care out of Western Australia. And though they're not letting Victorians into Western Australia in a big height to uh, all, the, all the Collingwood and Geelong football players that are going over there into their hub so they can play football. Um, yes. yeah, apart, from, apart from Steel side bottom. Well,
2: well, yes, we are hoping to speak to the prof from from WA soon, aren't we? But I'm not sure. They're not allowed to associate with Melburnians are they? Everyone out of Victoria doesn't want to talk to us.
1: I think if we tell them that we're actually from New South Wales, we're okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, right. so, so we'll just, uh, we'll just say that we're actually, cause I mean, if we're going to be zooming. So, so he won't know if we're in Victoria or in New South Wales, it won't really matter. We'll um, we'll make sure that when we're sending him through the, the meeting uh, 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 invitation that we'll say uh, from a location, not in Victoria. Exactly. So King Island, go. Maybe
2: so, King Island or French Island.
1: Oh, wow. Well, yeah. We're going all or uh, walking dead. You know, we yeah. can sort of you know, really isolate ourselves out. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think so. Or even Phillip Island, could say so we're in Phillip Island, that'd be fine. That's not Victoria, is it?
1: Uh, oh, well, you know, it's far enough off. You know, I believe there's a you know a whole lot of a whole lot of trucks blocking it off there, so that way the penguins don't get uh, uh, you know, don't don't get affected. You know, uh, um, yeah. and, and there's definitely no penguin in the delicate care. You know, we, we were talking early on about dolphins and things like that, and definitely no penguins, no penguins or dolphins in any of the delicate care diets. They're 100% penguin friendly, I believe.
2: It's good to get that straight, I think, because uh, a lot of listeners have been wondering.
1: Well, now, now they don't have to, Lewis. Right. We're all about information here, um, and and
2: and if they uh, if you like what you're hearing so far, uh, get onto Patreon. If you're really enjoying the show and the the, the 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 lot of content on vet stuff we've got into so far, um, get onto Patreon. You can support us. We really do appreciate everyone who has supported us there. And we've got a few questions, haven't we, from one of our Patreon supporters later in the show.
1: We sure do. We are going to uh, deep dive on that in a big bad way. So, um, but at the moment, uh, it's time for uh, to see if there's anything in the news. What have you got for us, Lewis? Well, this
2: week, this week uh, we are in Melbourne. We have gone into uh, well, Victoria. I guess as a whole is um, has become a bit of a, a hot spot. For uh, for COVID nineteen, unfortunately, at the moment we've got a bit of a rise in cases. So there's um, just recently we had flights, all flights into Melbourne, international flights into Melbourne, have been diverted, um, and it's had a big effect, unfortunately, on on pets coming in. So I don't know if you know, mate, but the only uh, quarantine facility for pets coming from overseas is actually in Melbourne, in in Mickleham, in in right. Uh, in Melbourne. And so this article So is for in,
1: all of Australia. They come through Melbourne.
2: Yes, that's right. I didn't realize that, but wow. yeah. Nice. So this, um, this, uh, this article is from the Sydney morning Herald. I think it is, and it says pets in purgatory as flights divert from Melbourne. Pets are stuck in transit with fears for their safety after decision to divert international flights. in Melbourne also cut to, access to Australia's only quarantine facility for cats and dogs. The first international flights were redirected and some cancelled entirely on Wednesday as the Victorian government scrambled to contain coronavirus cases originating in quarantine hotels. But the move has left a number of pets stranded overseas with the Department of Agriculture preventing animals being loaded onto Australian-bound flights until further notice. Seven-year-old Schnoodle Hilda was already in the air from London when the decision was made and has been stuck in Doha, Qatar since Tuesday night, unable to be put aboard her connecting flight to Melbourne. Everybody in the, everybody's in this purgatory with their pets in Doha, Hilda's owner Andrew Spears said on Wednesday. Qatar Airways is understanding to be looking at the possibility of transferring the pets on cargo flights to Melbourne without passengers spokesman spokesperson for the agriculture depart agricultural department confirmed that carrying the pets on a cargo flight to Melbourne was a viable option. Mr. Spears said Hilda was an, at an animal care facility at Doha airport, which would be acceptable in the short term. Their immediate welfare is okay. Mr. Spears said, but if they're not designed to be long term care facilities and if the animals keep building up, it's going to reach a very critical point soon. Hilda was supposed to come home on the same flight as Ms. Tyrrell in March, but the flight was canceled and the couple has been working to get her to Australia ever since. Mr. Spears was notified on Wednesday afternoon that Hilda's redirected flight from Doha had been canceled entirely. We are reeling with this. I tell you what, it's been a long and ongoing saga involving multiple airlines. We had a flight and it's been ripped away from us at the last minute. He and his wife already spent fourteen thousand Australian dollars on housing, flights, and vaccinations.
1: Wow, geez. Gee whiz!
2: Yeah, it's only going to go up. Being in Doha too on short-term accommodation, gosh,
1: absolutely.
2: Mister Spears said they would fly Hilda back to London and temporarily board her again if necessary. Gee whiz! Wow. wow. The Agriculture Department is taking all steps to ensure that the alternative range are made for animal importers during stage three COVID restrictions, particularly those that may have been caught in transit, a spokesperson said. So there you go, mate. That's, that's something I hadn't really thought of at all. I mean, we're both uh, allegedly in the, in the veterinary animal industry and I hadn't thought about uh, flight restrictions into Melbourne affecting the whole of any, any pet coming to Australia.
1: Well, I guess that's part of the, um, the issue of where, um, you know, for, for a big Island uh, nation that we are, that we've only got the one quarantine mm. uh, spot. That's, that was news to me. I, well, I, you know, had never thought about it. And so if I did, you know, if the thought had even passed my mind, I would have thought that we would have had centers in other places around the country. Um, Cause the interesting thing then is going to be, you know, uh, not that I um, am an advocate for uh, this particular industry, but the horse racing industry, um, they're, they're going to be thinking about bringing horses in for the Melbourne cup carnival soon. So that's going to be the same thing. Yeah. Those animals should really then be coming through Melbourne, but they'll all be diverted away and not be able to be um, bought into uh, yeah, Bought into Australia. so I'm not sure about uh,
2: those. I think they may be out of quarantine at the racetrack. I don't know that uh, we're not really into that sort of area, but I'm pretty sure that NL yeah. will have to go to Micklem. I think they yeah, do right, have I their own think... quarantine facility, so I think that'll probably be okay. I'm sure well, they'll they work be around to... it, seeing as, yeah, uh, yeah. Seeing as currently yeah. the the hotspots in Melbourne have managed to avoid, uh, avoid both Flemington and Moonee Valley. Court. yeah
1: and and all the greyhound racing tracks yeah you know, isn't that uh yes. you know? so it's lucky that you know yes yeah. the only
2: thing that's bringing some money to the government is it has not been locked down interesting
1: yeah <laughs> um yeah funny that isn't it yeah. yes um, yeah. So, well, that's, um, uh, you know, I mean, 14K and especially like if, if Qatar Airways are planning on running a um, a specific flight to, uh, you know, passenger-free flight to Australia, that ain't going to be cheap either. No. Nah. You know, that's nah. going to be, uh, it, it'd be cheaper to probably teach Hilda how to try and fly the plane and get Hilda to try and, uh, <laughs> you know, fly the plane to Australia herself. <laughs> potentially.
2: <You know>? Potentially, <laughs> potentially. yeah,
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, well, our, well, hopefully um, Hilda's doing okay and that they've got someone that's going to be able to help them out once they uh, get back to London. But my goodness, yeah, that's going to be a uh, yeah, the, 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 un, the unforgotten victims. or the, Not the unforgotten, the, the forgotten yeah. victims. in the Well, COVID sort of shot. forgotten
2: until they're brought up on this podcast and in the City Morning Herald, I suppose. Definitely not, well, definitely not forgotten, but I, I do feel for them, you know, having your pet in an unknown facility, in an unknown country. I, I don't know uh, what Qatar's sort of animal... Uh, how they how you know how they look after animals or what their welfare facilities or, or their, their boarding facilities are like. So it would be very distressing to the owners, I imagine. So anyway, well, hopefully- and they can,
1: the, and they're also gonna have to do what they have to do in order to get them back from Qatar into England as well. Like if that because there's gonna be hoops that they're gonna have to have jumped through. Like the hoops might not be as bad to get from England to Qatar but it might be worse to get from Qatar back to England again, you know, so they're going to have to be doing all the stuff remotely trying to get their dog back into, uh, back into the UK. So, yeah. potentially. I don't know. It's yeah, too bad time.
2: to do if it's just been in transit. I mean, yeah. That's a good point though. It's a good point. Yeah. Hard to know. But anyway, so there yeah. you go, mate. Now, what, right, what do you got
1: got you got Speaking of news? going around, Speaking of going around in circles, um, a little story here from um, uh, the ABC on the Sunshine Coast. Um, uh, Oscar, the Burmese cat, was a very lucky fellow who survives an unfortunate episode in a washing machine.
2: Oh, wow. Wow.
1: See where I'm going there? with going around in circles. Nice, on, nice, okay. mate. Here we go. So Oscar, the two-year-old Burmese cat, was probably only looking for a quiet place to have a nap, um, but he ended up in the 12-minute hot cycle of his owner's front loader washing machine with detergent. Oscar's owner, Amanda Meredith, from Mudjimba on Queensland Sunshine Coast, heard a strange meowing sound after her husband, Angelo, put the bed sheets in the washing machine. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. who's in
2: trouble who's oh, in trouble yeah.
1: and angelo is in the stinky stuff always um, always thought, shake
2: those sheets out before you put them in mate top you want
1: shake the you got to shake the sheet out of them that's what yeah. you need to <laughs> do um, <laughs> that, that's she's... on
2: this little libra Libra oh, fun is fact. It, yeah. always shake, shake the sheets the...
1: Shake the the sheets before putting them in the washing machine. Um, She thought the sound was coming from the cupboard and went to hang out another load of washing. When Ms. Meredith came back inside, the meowing continued. Then she realized the cat was in the washing machine. The poor little cat had his hands on the glass as he was doing the rotations and he was looking at me. She said, it was tragic. Um, Wow. I, I very much apologize for, for laughing about that, Amanda, and obviously Angelo as well, but um I can absolutely picture this little chocolate Burmese with his paws on the front thing going around in yeah. and the, the rotation with the suds going everywhere. Going, um, did did so, they
2: didn't, didn't happen to get a photo, did they? There's not, not a photo there.
1: No, there's a photo of him outside of the washing oh, machine, but, cute. Um, but he's, and he's not dripping wet. So I think this must have been a, uh, a, a a picture that the vet must have asked her to take after everything all went okay. I'll, I'll, a little spoiler alert, Lewis. it's a happy ending. Story, oh, lovely, you know?
2: love um, a happy ending.
1: So uh, it. Oh, do you? <laughs> Uh, it took a, a full agonizing two minutes for the machine to drain and turn off before the washing machine door could be opened and Oscar could be released. took Two minutes? To, it was because it was two minutes of the cycle. You know, some of those front loaders, they lock and you can't unlock them.
2: Oh, right. That shows my ignorance. Yeah. Wow.
1: Absolutely, just, yeah. We just
2: got a big stick and we're just uh, in, a, in a copper pot.
0: And oh, you, do. you, you just yeah. can
2: stop stirring and there you
1: go, the cat jump out, I guess, but wow. Well, she, 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 she climb up your big stick that you've got stuck in your copper pot there, mate, you know, <laughs> two minutes. That's incredible. <laughs> two minutes. So miss Meredith phoned a vet Dan caps from beachside veterinary surgery in Coolum beach who warned the first six hours would be touch and go. Oh, Oscar had emerged from the hot water cycle and was battered and bruised from the hard fins inside the washing machine. But thankfully he was alive and was even very soft. He was given <laughs> medication, including anti-inflammatories and stayed at the veterinary practice for 24 hours before he was allowed to go home where Ms. Meredith said he slept solidly for the next seven days. Seven days. Um, seven days. I think he got to been Caps- sick.
2: Surely at some point you go, he's unwell seven days of sleeping. That's, that's not normal.
1: I think that's called a coma, isn't it? I yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but he was still, he was still very soft. A
2: washing um, machine, he coma.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, he might've just had vestibular disease. Yes. Like it might've been that the world was still spinning for him. Yeah. And just, he just couldn't.
2: It um, just needs to go in on reverse cycle and it would've been okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just put him in reverse. Like when you're trying to get the, the miles down on your odometer on your <laughs> car. <laughs> yeah. Fact, yeah. Paris built day off star. Yeah. Um, Doctor Cap said ordeals like Oscar's were not that unusual and urged people to check their washing machines before turning them on. He's a very lucky but strong little fellow. Doctor Cap said this is not the first time this has happened. During the cooler weather, this is the perfect place for feline friends to try and hide for a warm nap. After a week's recovery, amazingly, Oscar was fine. There was no damage, Miss Meredith said. She estimated, though, Oscar had used up three of his nine lives. Now I'm not sure of the exact conversion factor there, but um, <laughs> but you know we'll have to take it for. There might be a, a, an online an online app, Lewis, that you can put things in there to work out just how many lives your uh, your, your cat has used. So um, so it's a bit well, saying
2: this this has happened before for Oscar. So he's used up six of his lives. He says it's happened before.
1: Oh, well, I think it, well, even, even down there's, um, yeah, there's a few other sort of related stories here down the bottom. I stopped the wash and there she was missing kitten shows up in washing machine.
2: Well, it's a good um, way to get a, a, bit a cl- a- could, we could get uh, some, we could, no, let's not do that. I was going to say we could put Olive in the washing machine and get a bit of clickbait on the podcast. Dr. Lewis Kirkham podcast, co-host podcast, two vets talk best would be a great story. No, oh, not yeah, that mate, I Olive, to do that to Olive. Olive
1: hates you enough as it is.
2: Our washing machine doesn't look for two minutes. So be all right. Be okay. Let's talk. Oh.
1: Um, now, as for Oscar, the ordeal has not appeared to turn him off exploring around the washing machine. He sits there and watches it tumble turn all the time. Miss Meredith said, maybe he has PTSD or something. He has to sit at the door watching the wash cycle. Oh, oh dear. So, okay. so there you go. You know, maybe so he's, he's got some sort of love, love, hate relationship. Maybe going he just on wants another
2: long sleep. He's looking for another, maybe. another little cat nap.
1: He's trying to work himself. He's sick of trying to clean himself. That's the thing. He's just trying to go, hang on, if I jump in there, I don't have to lick myself.
2: Oh, yeah. So I wonder, does that mean all the, um, so the cat felt really, really soft. Were all the sheets covered in cat spit?
1: (laughs) I think they're all covered in cat hair. I think Angelo tried washing them to try and get the cat hair off them. But unfortunately, yeah. now, the, now all the sheets have just got the, the, the cat hair embedded in them because apparently, you know, I don't know whether there's been any uh, definitive studies done on it, Lewis, but maybe cats lose a lot more hair when they're actually in the washing machine, wish the washing, than what they do when the cat isn't in the washing machine.
2: Oh, right. I reckon he's, uh, Angelo spent the next seven days with a lint roller trying to get the fur off the
1: sheets. I think he might have spent the, like the next seven days with the lint roller stuck somewhere where he couldn't necessarily oh, him, op- op- operate it on a uh, yeah at an optimal level, but smack you know. smacked him
2: over the head a few times. You think of the lint roller?
1: Yeah, smack him somewhere, quite possibly. Ooh. Yeah, definitely. Um, how about what, what else you got for us, Louis? You got anything else?
2: Well, this one's fresh from the BBC, mate. This uh, oh wow, international. Yeah, and it's not. Oh, it's not the nicest one. Actually, Deb, big thanks to Deb. She put me onto this article. Um, Hundreds of elephants found dead in Botswana. Oh no! Yeah, mystery surrounds the completely unprecedented deaths of hundreds of elephants in Botswana over the last two months. Dr. Niall McCann said colleagues in southern in the southern African country had spotted more than three hundred fifty elephant carcasses in the Okavanga Delta since the start of oh, May. No,
0: yeah,
2: no one knows. No one knows why the animals are dying with lab results and samples still weeks away, according to the government. This is totally unprecedented in terms of numbers of elephants dying in a single event unrelated to drought, he added. Back in May, Botswana's government ruled out poaching as a reason, noting the tusks had not been removed, according to fizz.org. There are other things which point to something other than poaching. It is only elephants that are dying and nothing else. Dr. McCann said, if it was cyanide used by poachers, you would expect to see other deaths. Dr. McCann also tentatively ruled out natural anthrax poisoning, which killed at least a hundred elephants in Botswana last year, but they've been unable to rule out either poisoning or disease. The way the animals appear to be dying, many dropping on their faces, and sightings of other elephants walking in circles points to something potentially attacking their neurological systems, Dr. McCann said. Wowzers. Mm, that's incredible. Dr. Cyril Taylor, acting director for Botswana's Department of Wildlife and National Parks, told The Guardian they had so far confirmed at least 280 elephants had died and were in the process of confirming the rest. However, they did not know what was causing the animal's deaths. We have sent samples off for testing. And we're expecting the results over the next couple of weeks or so, he said. So that's a bit scary, mate. I mean, uh, from as far as I know, Botswana, they're home to about a third of Africans, uh, Africa's elephants. Um, yeah. And to have so many die in one go, it's a bit of a shock.
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh, we were um as we were coming home from England, we um on our Africa trip, we went through the Ok Delta and oh, um wow. and in Botswana and saw um saw all the elephants there. We um were on a, a boat cruise and um like it was absolutely just pe- steaming with rain um but you so that so these elephants just get down in the water and just swimming through the water with their you know trunks up in the Fantastic. air swimming yeah. through so um so yeah now that's a real like it's it certainly points to i mean as they say you know it's um must be something that's specifically attacking the elephants And if they're walking around in circles it certainly sounds neurological in nature because even things like botulism or something like that you know you'd think that then there'd be other animals uh affected and that it would be in The end, a fairly that'd be a fairly easy thing to be able to test for looking for the botulinum toxin in their um, you know, in their bodies. So, yeah, you think
2: so? Well, I mean, I suppose it but could be COVID, mate. Could be, I wonder if they uh
1: they need oh, some they the rotor,
2: yeah, long swabs to test up their nose. I suppose if it was if it was the
1: coronavirus, that'd be a very long, a very long, <laughs> you need need like a, a you have to go to Bunnings to get one of those big long garden hoses and just you know, tie a bit of um, tie a bit of cotton wool on the end of it and just sort of stick it right up that right mm. up that snazz there. Yeah,
2: yeah, but that's a bit shocking. So, yeah, I guess well, you've been there, mate, so you know how many elephants are there. But, uh, yeah, quite quite well, sort of shocking. I guess hopefully, well, not hopefully, hopefully, well, I guess hopefully we'll find a, a cause for it and a cure for it. It'll be really good
1: yeah yeah um and it's probably the 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 corona that's probably slowing down a lot of their testing efforts because there's probably not a whole lot of uh, testing facilities for that sort of stuff in Botswana. They're probably trying to get them down to um, South Africa or um, maybe up into Europe to try and get the uh, get the testing done so yeah, you're um, right. you,
2: you think maybe the health even health crisis might take precedence of humans you know, in some respects and that sort of thing you know it's hard to know yeah.
1: Yeah mm-hmm. um and and on the um on the same front of uh of, of diseases in uh, uh diseases in animals Lewis yeah. um this is here's one here um uh, again from the from the ABC uh salmonella outbreak among children linked to the surge in backyard chicken pens amid coronavirus lockdown wow Gee whiz. Yeah. Well, so, tell me so more we're, we're, uh, so, uh, so this was published yesterday by Lexi Hamilton-Smith. Um, Queensland Health is investigating a salmonella outbreak linked to contact with backyard poultry following a surge in home chicken pens during the COVID-19 lockdown. In the past week, 17 cases have been reported across the, stru- the, the state, mainly among children. 13 of them were aged 11 or younger. Five children have become so sick from the bacterial disease, they have had to be hospitalised. Oh, wow. Authorities said that the majority of the cases involved the handling of chicks that were purchased two weeks prior from a range of produce and pet stores across the state Queensland Health said eight of the cases were in southeast Queensland six in central Queensland and three in the north so this isn't just a cluster that's happening in one area Lewis this is all over everywhere so Queensland's a pretty pretty damn big state Dr. Alun Richards, Queensland Health's Acting Executive Director of Communicable Diseases, said the investigation into the supplier of chicks to stores in these regions were ongoing. Backyard poultry can harbour and shed salmonella that can cause illness in humans, even though the birds are healthy and clean. Now, we've spoken about this in the past, Lewis, that salmonella bacteria are a common bug that is in Lots of different animals' feces, but it's just that it is present in chooks quite a bit. And that's the reason why we always recommend the cooking of, of chicken meat for human and for animal consumption, you know, for, uh, to try and reduce down salmonella and E. coli levels. But um, it's really, really concentrated their in their, uh, their feces, which means... It's probably going to be concentrated on their eggs as well. Yeah. So humans become infected most frequently through contaminated water or food. Dr. Richard said fever and stomach cramps could usually be felt within six to 72 hours after being exposed to the bacteria. And while the poisoning that occurs is generally not considered a severe illness, it can be fatal in certain people, including the young children and the elderly. Queensland chicken breeders reported being inundated by households not long after the coronavirus shut down in March as people turned to backyard chooks for egg supplies. It was spurned on by the panic buying of staple food products, which saw supermarket shelves emptied of staples. And I think also toilet paper and flour and pasta. Um, I actually don't know why people have got so keen on staples to um, just to try and staple pieces of paper together, Lewis, but you know, I guess, you know, you can't pe- people do crazy things in a lockdown. So, um, there's uh, you know typical, typical common sense where needs to be taken, taken approach here, Lewis, wash your hands, people don't well, let your kids kiss their chickens, yeah. you know, don't kiss the eggs because they've just come out of the, out of the bird's bum. And, uh, you know, there's another one says here that don't, don't allow chickens inside the house. Well, that's a That's a good idea.
2: Yeah. Well, it's gotta be, I mean, Look at that age group under 11, I know kids under 11 would love to be going out in the backyard and collecting the eggs that the, the chickens have laid. Mm. Um, and that sort of age group is not the perhaps the best on hand hygiene. So it's got to be related to, you know, I, I don't think they're old enough to be eating egg nog yet. Where, no, um, maybe not. Having a raw egg drink or anything like that. Uh, or Rocky like the, style. Yeah. Or, or a pisco sour. I'm pretty sure they're not, they're not that age yet. So right. it, it's it's got to be a got to be a stage where um they're 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 collecting the eggs I'd say and just just yeah like you said basic hygiene just not washing their hands after after um after maybe collecting the eggs or yeah or handling the chickens yeah.
1: And even just for the fact that the chickens will be out in the backyard, you know, because if people have got them in pens, they might then let them run around in the backyard and then the birds are going to poo in the backyard. So yeah. even if the kids haven't been handling the birds, if you've got birds in your backyard, you probably need to wash your hands properly, which actually if you have a look through that back window over there, Lewis, um, you'll probably um, be able to see where our next door neighbors are holding um, illegal chickens. Oh,
2: well, you heard it first uh, that uh, on Two Vets Talk Pets, Robbie's Robbie's next door neighbors are about to be raped. For their uh, uh, well, for their illegal chicken farm,
1: and, and funnily enough, they're vets as well. So um, the the, <laughs> the chickens are too close to our backyard, which never worried us until now. Our uh, our backyard's gone a lot closer to their chicken pen. So <laughs> so so now we can both um hear and smell the chickens. So and fantastic! But, and uh, and which clinic are they from, mate? Oh well, they're from the... <laughs> oh hang on, the the NBN just dropped out there, mate. So. <laughs>
2: Fantastic
1: If you're living this to Robbie And you're listening to this podcast Time to move the chickens By the sound of it Oh, well, the, the one neighbour that does listen to the chickens, they're actually the the, the direct neighbours that share the the back because it's actually the back fence um, neighbours. So so the neighbours that do listen to the podcast, they um they 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 they're the ones that also have to their their dog goes and barks at the chickens, you know. So right. I, um so I, f- I feel for their dog that has to bark at the chickens. Um but uh, but we we're the ones that share the backyard uh, with backyard fence with the the other vets that are uh, the, that are the chicken owners. Okay.
2: So, if that neighbour that listens to the podcast, if you get a barking noise complaint from the council in the next few days or so, it's not from Robbie. It's not oh no they they, no, they
1: they no. they they know that they know that we have no problems at all with a. <laughs> of, after a, a twenty-year career of working in vet clinics with barking dogs, I don't hear their dog their, their dog barking does does not concern me whatsoever. You know, yeah, right. a, it, it doesn't affect me. So, oh, but, but um, the illegal uh, chicken,
2: the illegal uh, battery hen chickens in the in the in the other vets backyard that you that bothers you though
1: well i wasn't going to say that they're battery chi- battery hens lewis <laughs> but if you want to bring that into bring that into evidence and then, then that, that's that, that 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 can be uh you know that you you can face the fire on that but uh you know, yeah no nah, it's um yeah you know, there is there are certain there are certain stipulations of where chickens are supposed to be housed and that is and that is not the place right so, anyway.
2: you heard it you first well, there you go maybe we need a disclaimer now what do you reckon
1: Oh, yes. All advice on this show is generally nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. Do our best to provide the most up-to-date information because veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if we've missed anything or if you need any clarification or if you'd actually like this podcast to contain something to do with actual <laughs> veterinary stuff.
2: Well, you've just vented your spleen about the, the chickens next door, mate. Let's say we have a break and you come back and talk about spleens after the break.
1: Yes, sounds good. Crack.
2: Hey, Robbie, I'd love to give a shout-out to our friends at Petsure for their awesome free webinar series.
1: Yeah, man, I heard about those. Aren't they called Pause and Learn, as in (laughs) P-A-W-S? I see what you did there. Oh, mate, there's nothing like a good acronym. It got your attention. It
2: certainly did, mate. But seriously, the Petsure webinars cover some amazing topics, though.
1: They sure do. There's one on COVID-19 and pets, very topical and essential viewing for all concerned pet parents in this COVID-19 world.
2: Indeed, mate, and for vets as well.
1: Oh, you're absolutely right. There's also another one called setting up your new pet for success. And here's one that's really important, helping pets avoid separation anxiety. That'd be right in your wheelhouse, wouldn't it?
2: Oh, mate, love that. Anything on behaviour, that's absolute gold.
1: Oh, mate, it's all gold, gold, gold for Petshaw here.
2: And do you know they're presented by Petshaw's chief vet, Dr. Danny Hulhan, friend of the podcast. And also, they have a range of other pet experts for each topic, so you know you're
1: getting the good stuff. Oh, mate, that sounds great.
2: So to learn more about these webinars or to register, visit petsure.com.au slash webinars. Registration is free, but spots are limited, and since we've just registered, two less. So make sure you secure your spot today. Oh,
1: T's and C's apply. Visit petsure.com.au for more information. Sorry, mate. Yeah, just while I went on that break, I just the um, turns out that the neighbours were listening, and so they've just stuck their head over the fence, and I've just been just been giving a bit of an earful, Lewis. Yeah, <laughs> I told them to, try to make sure they wash their hands from their dirty salmonella chickens. So, yeah, you tell them, mate. You tell them those vets from yeah. vet clinic. Oh, okay, well, you idiot! Yeah, um, you're getting really good on being able to scramble that, uh, scramble that, uh, the, the 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 audio there, mate. Well done. Practice. Um, So spleens, spleens. I wanted to vent my spleen. Um. Now, uh, only mainly because this week I took out a dog spleen, Lewis, and uh, and I thought, you know, that's um, I was I was t- saying to the owner today that you know it's probably you know one of the places that's not too bad to get a lump um in your body, you know, your tail's another, maybe the tip of your ear, you know, places that um, pl- things that your body doesn't need, Lewis, you know, yep. it doesn't S- seem like your body needs your spleen. superfluous. Yep. yep. Yeah. It can be pretty superb, but sometimes it's superfluous. Yep. So, um, and, and the owner said to me when we we're talking about taking out the spleen, she said, "Don't we need it? Don't you need your spleen?" I said, "Well, it's a good thing to have if you've got it, but it's not something that you really need if you've got to get rid of it." So, yep. what is your spleen? Your spleen is one of your immune system organs. It's a it's a big, meaty, chunky organ that sits in your uh, uh, in your abdomen, and uh, what its main job is is that it's um, like a Oh, it's a big super conductor super charger thing for producing antibodies so lots of blood goes through there and so it's a place where if there's antigens so say things like you know the, the you know your rona if you you know if you've, if you've picked up a nice case of corona or something else um that your body needs to try and fight off gets taken through to your spleen and so your spleen uh the, the, those antigens get married so the antigens are the little bits of the infection the things that your body's looking for gets marinated through that spleen so that then the immune cells that are in there can go oh hang on I've got an antibody to that and it can start to produce bucket loads of antibodies um, sometimes it can produce some uh, red blood cells as well um, it's quite a good store for red blood cells so you know like uh, you know Lewis when you're uh, you found to be going through your your, your wife's rubbish bin looking for um, you know, animal facts um, to, to bring to the podcast and somebody walks in and you get a little bit startled and the adrenaline surges and you you flush red well you know though all those extra red blood cells might come from your spleen you know your spleen oh, nice. can contract you know and and surge those red blood cells into your into your blood into your bloodstream so you know it serves important purposes but none of which are life-threatening if it gets taken out so most commonly if you've uh, you know we've you need to have your spleen out. It's usually because there's a tumor in there, or yep. we found that there's a mass. So we might feel that there's a mass, and sometimes these splenic masses can get pretty damn big, too, can't they, lose
2: Yes, yeah, definitely. They can be huge, and you can yeah, you can feel them just palpating through the abdomen. You're just in a general consult, you can feel, you can feel them, and then sometimes you might might find them on the ultrasound. I suppose if they're a little bit smaller. Um, Really, I suppose we'll see one on an x-ray maybe, but uh, more likely palpation or, or ultrasound. Yeah, definitely. How'd you, the one you took out, how'd you find that one?
1: Ah oh, well I'm, I'm I'm glad you asked. So um so there's a, a lot of friends of the show involved in this story Lewis. So um so uh, poor Zoe um she uh she came in to see me she's like a 11 year old um bull terrier cross. Um and she had a um a lump on her eyelid that I was worried was a was a cancer and so I uh, I anesthetized her to remove that. But in anesthetizing her to remove that I uh, so when I gave her the anesthetic when I went to put the ET tube down her airway I noticed there was a massive big swelling on the the side of her um of her larynx. I thought, geez, that's pretty weird there. Was, so I was that the di-
2: spleen? Is that the spleen up there, mate? Is that where it is?
1: And that's the reason why it was so big in this dog that it got oh. all the way from the abdomen up into the chest, up the neck, and then poking <laughs> out through the mouth. So you could literally say she was choking on her spleen. Um no, uh, so uh, yeah. we so thought that there were, hang on, that's a weird swelling there and couldn't get a good um a good beat on where it on what it was. So I sent it off to go and see friend of the show Sam Snelling um, at Advanced Vet Care, and uh, and he did a CT scan and found that there was a big tumor in the side of uh, of Zoe's neck. So right. went in and did surgery to remove it, and it turned out to be a carotid body tumor, so a a very um, uncommon type of uh, type of cancer. Wow! So then, while she was getting her uh, her chemotherapy done um, for that, she saw another friend of the show, Laura, Dr. Laura Brockley, yes. the oncologist from. Advanced Advanced vet care, and uh, and Laura found a, uh, a splenic mass, oh, and wow. so and so um, she said, "Well, oh, look, we'll keep an eye on that because yo, yeah, we got bigger fish to fry." And um, in monitoring that splenic mass, that splenic mass was getting bigger. So um, so then Zoe came to see me this week to um, so we had to wait for her platelet numbers to come up because she's been getting carboplatin, a chemotherapy drug, which has been suppressing her platelet numbers. And we had to wait for them to come up to take the spleen X. We didn't want it to bleed everywhere. Um, but yeah, so we took the spleen out. So that's how we found it. So it was a, it was too small from where we would have felt it. Um, I mean, we could have maybe felt it was about maybe sort of six centimeters in the end. Yep, so, yep. you know, so we, we might've been lucky to try and feel it, but no, um, Dr. Broccoli found it on the ultrasound and uh, yeah, sent it back to me for me to take Zoe's spleen out on Monday. So wow. got in there and, uh, and, got it out and was actually lucky because you could see spots where it was starting to attach onto the omentum as well so i think even though it was only six centimeters it probably wasn't all that far away from starting to spring a bit of a leak so um so took it out sent it off to the lab and we're waiting to find out what the histopathology is so right so um, not
2: not sure if it's related to the the other tumor in the neck or or whether it's a, a different tumor is that what you're saying
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a chance that within you know a three month period, poor Zoe's had an eyelid tumour that I that I <laughs> removed completely, and then a um and then a carotid body tumour that then Sam had to go at, and then a uh, a splenic tumour that I then had to go at. So three wow. tumours in 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 three months. So wow. Um, but she's yeah. But I spoke to um spoke to Arona um today and uh, just to, because I just wanted to touch base and see yep. how things are going. She said. Yeah, she's running around like nothing's happened. I said, yeah, who needs a spleen? Who Fair. needs them, Lewis? Fair, yeah. That was the byline. Spleens, who needs them? Who needs we them? Should remo- we should remove them when we're desexing animals, you know?
2: <laughs> it's very good, mate, very good. And it's not its not one of the most complex surgeries, is it? It might sound fairly complex. I mean, it's obviously, there's some vessels involved with it. No, I don't think I've ever actually removed a spleen. Oh, maybe I did uh, university, but not since I've been graduated have I removed a spleen, but it's, it's not one of the uh, more complicated so it's not like removing a liver lobe or a lung lobe or something like that is it it's, it's something
1: not it's a, it's a, it's a, it's certainly an achievable surgery in that you, you know, find blood vessel tie off blood vessel cut blood vessel move on to next blood vessel yeah, right. you know yes. and it's but it's just that there are a, an awful lot of blood vessels there there right. are other techniques you can use where you can sort of take out three more major blood vessels and cut down on uh, on on the rest of your surgery time but um you know i like to just make sure that i've got all the blood vessels that I'm actually after. So yeah. I like to sort of, and, and not compromise blood supply to other organs. So, uh, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, like I've last year, I think I had, I think I took, out, I had five spleens, wow. like three in three and three in five weeks or something like that. So wow. yeah, it's impressive,
2: good mate. Stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. And sometimes we do take out spleens and it's a bit controversial for, Dogs that have uh, immune-mediated hemolytic anemia, don't we? And sometimes yeah. that can help those dogs. It's a, bit, a bit sort of unsure. So immune-mediated hemolytic anemia is basically where the immune system in some dogs, for whatever reason, we don't know why, attacks their own red blood cells or maybe some platelets or, you know, or red blood cells, but certainly other cells in the body as well and, uh, and for whatever reason causes anemia, which is low red blood cells, um, as most people would know. And there's a thought that in some of those dogs actually removing their spleen for some reason, um, it reduces the antigenic stimulation of the immune system possibly um, and helps to cure those sorts of dogs.
1: Well, it's pro- it might have something to do with when you're, um, you know, removing away that massive body of antibody-producing cells as well. You know, yeah. you're, you're sort of cutting that, cutting that down, down a like lot. Maybe I don't know. There, there, there are. It is one of the things that you can do. But you know, if you've got a dog that's struggling with um, immune-mediated hemolytic anemia, and you're you're filling it full of uh, of steroids and other immunosuppressants, and then you go, you know what? I'm going to take this dog that's on, you know, a, a, a metric crap ton load of, of, of cortisone and immunosuppressants and it's anemic and we're going to put it under and we're going to yeah. take its spleen out. Yeah, go yeah. team. It's like, yeah. oh, geez. Um, they are cojones of steel, Lewis, yes. to be thinking about doing that.
2: Need a few bags of blood ready to go. I reckon that sort of surgery.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, pre-loaded and post-loaded. So, anyway, there you go. Spleens, get rid of them. Get Good rid of stuff, them. You mate. don't need them. Fantastic. Yeah. Now we got some
2: questions this week. We got a question from Decal Gal, Suzanne. Hey, Suzanne. Hey. hey, Suzanne. How you going? Good to hear from you again. She says, "Hi, Dr. Lewis and Dr. Robbie. I'm thoroughly enjoying the podcast and listening to them while I work certainly makes for a great day." I have a question. Yeah. Thank you very much. I have a question for you all. It's about mega esophagus. One of my grooming clients, pups has been diagnosed with this. What exactly is this and why does it happen? Thank you again. And always stay positive and please put Deb back on the show again soon. Oh, we'll see what
1: we can do. See what we can do. Suzanne. Thanks, Suzanne. Suzanne. We'll stay positive. Oh, you stay positive too.
2: I'll pass on your nice messages to Deb and, and we'll get her on the show soon, I'm sure. Don't be upset, Robbie. It's okay. It's, I'm sure she doesn't mean anything. She does say, you know, you're good too, but um but That's yeah. fine.
1: I'll go i go and i go and yell at the chickens. Deb doesn't yell at chickens. <laughs> oh wait, and the barking
2: dog. She doesn't yell at the
1: barking dog. The barking dog. dog. Oh, no. I don't mind the barking dog. The barking dog's fine. <laughs> Kenji's fine. It's the chickens. Um anyway, so um I'm not anti chicken. Let it be let it be said here that I'm not anti chicken. I just I don't like them that close to my back fence. That's all. Know, an they, they can, and, and they, and, and they smell, you know, we can hear them from our bedroom right at the other end of the house. So, you know, if they want to have their chickens, they have them outside their bedroom window, not ours. Um, anyway, uh, mega esophagus. Thanks for the question, Suzanne. So yeah. if, if the esoph- chickens
2: were, were eating something and they were choking, would you hear them in, in the bedroom as well? Would you hear the choking chicken in the bedroom as well?
1: I see That's where you're going there, mate. Yeah, Any, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe. I'm not sure. Okay. Right. Meg Meg the big O. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to work out how that how I can fit that in with the other innuendo uh, comment that we had up before as well. you know possible. Now, maybe, maybe just leave it. Not yeah. possible. No, yeah. I just leave yeah. Um so yeah uh, mega mega esophagus so um uh, we we actually covered mega esophagus um uh, a, a reasonable amount how long ago was that we have the advanced um uh vet care food episode was that about 12 months ago you reckon Yeah, you know, pre-rona yeah maybe maybe yeah yeah possibly yeah, so um so so mega esophagus it's um it's you know, it's more a clinical sign than a disease, I guess you'd say, in that it's something that happens usually because of something else. Oh, hang on, I've just had a shiver run down my. Run down my um, right, mate,
2: keep going. You're going out the backyard. Is that you? are the back fence now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, just wait for Kenji to start barking too. Shut up! Keep him down. Um. So, so yeah, megasophia. So. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Sounds sounds like you're giving a hand, mate. There you go. Um, Hey, 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 quiet now, Jeez. let let me concentrate here, mate. Let me concentrate on mega esophagus. Um, So Suzanne, uh, the esophagus is the food tube. So it's the tube that runs food from um, your mouth down into your stomach. Um, And mega esophagus is when that tube is not working anymore. So it becomes big, it becomes flaccid. And so usually when you're swallowing food, what happens is you get this wonderful peristaltic movement of, of food running from the mouth down into the stomach. And so it's usually a one way, a one way path. But um, sometimes some animals can regurgitate up. But um, uh, uh, when you've got mega esophagus, that isn't working. And so what happens is that actual organ just becomes big and floppy. And so it's usually that in the chest, you end up getting just this big flaccid esophagus that just starts accumulating food and water and all that sort of thing. And the big risk with it, and this is what we were seeing in the, in the dogs that were getting mega esophagus from eating the contaminated food here in Australia the, um, last year, was um, they would then go on to develop aspiration pneumonia. Because what happens is that food, instead of moving into the stomach, it can come up and it can go down the wrong tube. So instead of uh, instead of staying in the esophagus, it can go into the trachea and then end up causing infection in the uh, in the trachea, um, called an aspiration pneumonia. Now, as we're saying, you know, it's um it's while it's a clinical sign, it's often not necessarily a disease by itself. So um, you can get idiopathic megaesophagus that's not due to another cause, but you have to go and rule out a lot of other stuff. Um, to begin with. So um, you can kind of break it down into, um, I guess, sort of three, main sort of issues. Um, one is that it's a neurological issue. One is that it's a, mu- two is that it's a muscular issue or three that it's an obstruction issue. So neurological things can be from, you know, you've got uh, uh, toxins. So, you know, we sometimes see it here in Australia with things with snake bites, uh, 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 tick envenomation, venomation, but also things like, you know, we're talking about the possibility of botulism with those bots yep. one and elephants. You know, you can get it with botulism. Um, you can get it with arrow, other um, neurotransmitter blockers, um, weird diseases like myasthenia gravis. Um, that's a that's a fun one for um, for people to to look up. Where your body's to, uh, producing antibodies against your neurotransmitter um, channels. That's a, that's always an odd one. Um, muscle things you can have issues with. Um, you know, associated with hormone diseases. So diseases like hypothyroidism, hypoadrenal corticism. So Addison's disease. Um, you can get congenital issues as well so yeah. where you've got um which if it's a you know um Suzanne's mentioned it being a being a pup whether or not it's a a, a little puppy so it might be a congenital thing or it might be a, a an older animal so it might be an acquired thing yeah um, so for sometimes- yeah, i think
2: there are some yeah certainly some known hereditary causes of it aren't there so i think in the um i think in the haired fox terriers miniature schnauzers uh, just reading off a list, German Shepherds, Newfoundlands, Great Danes, Irish Setters, Sharpays, Greyhounds, and Labradors are all uh, potentially get a, a heritable um, or it's known to be heritable in those breeds. So you can get a congenital. I mean, if she's talking about a pup as in actually yeah. a puppy, um, that's that's a real possibility too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they're, so they're your congenital ones, the ones yeah. where it's uh, something that's come down from the from the parents. Um, and, and I mentioned the blockage one because it's probably not – strictly speaking a mega esophagus but you know i mean we'll we'll bunch it in there because um if you've got a dog that say got like a um a patent right aortic arch or something that's laying over the esophagus and causing a blockage or an obstruction that then you can get dilation of the of the esophagus upstream from that um or if you've got like a a a mass or a growth in your chest that that can sometimes put pressure on it or if you've had um reflux or an ulcer or a foreign body that's caused a in your esophagus that then that can cause a dilation of the esophagus upstream and the effects can still be the same where you get all the food that's pooling in there and you run the risk of um, of aspiration. Um, The the real tricky part for your poor client's dog is that um, treatment wise can be pretty tough, you know, unless you can find an underlying cause for it. um, There's often not much you can do other than management, you know, and we we try and uh, tell owners to teach their dogs to eat standing up, you know, try and get gravity to help them sort of push the food down. Down. um, you know, try and feed them lots of smaller meals and chunky food to try and make it easier to try and get the food down.
2: Bailey's chair, mate. Bailey's chair invented for it. Um it sits the really? dogs up. Oh, there yeah, you sits, go. Sits the dogs up. It's like a high chair, modified high chair for dogs. Oh, nice. And they sort of sit back on their haunches and um and uh they've got the food bowl and a tray in front of them. So you put them into almost like you would a baby, really. Um yeah, and right. they're, they're propped up in a, uh, I suppose like almost like a yeah, perhaps describe a begging position—a dog that's begging on their hind, up on their hind quarters, um, with their front legs in the air in a, a sort of begging scenario—and they're held in there, nice. and, and then they can eat eat off the trays in front of them, so that they're the Bailey chair. If you maybe maybe Suzanne wants to have a look at one of those for her clients as well.
1: Nice. If if their if their client gets one and it helps, we'll send them out a sticker so they can put a sticker on it.
2: Oh well, no, like, Suzanne like, could like, actually like, just give them a decal. What do you reckon? She's right there. It could.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you just pass it straight over to them, Suzanne. Yeah, and we'll see how many you can stick on there before they notice, like me with Clint's car.
2: Do we give Suzanne permission to give it one of our coveted stickers that's over in the US to the owner of that poor puppy? What do you think?
1: Absolutely. Let's do it. I think, uh, I'm, yes, 100%. I'm happy,
2: to, I'm happy to open
1: the purse strings for that. I think that's okay. Gee whiz, that same stuff. You you, you oh, must no. be feeling good now you've tested negative to Corona, mate. <laughs> Usually you t- Usually you're tighter, tighter than a fish's bumhole on those on those stickers. So uh, there you go. That's right. right. There you go. He's just got a for heart you, listeners. He's got a heart.
2: <laughs> I've got a spleen oh. too. Exactly. <laughs>
1: yes.
2: For now, don't yeah. let me near it, mate. Until until I hear Robbie start going off at of those those chickens.
1: it oh, it's just. Oh, I'm, I'm, I feel, I think I'm just going to go into the fridge and grab all the eggs that we've got in there and just throw them on the, on the floor, just out of protest. I don't even know. I don't even know what that last one was. What? What's the last question? Uh, and the last question, we got, we got an email from Nicole Peavy. Now you remember
2: Nicole had dashed the, I think it was a Labrador who had the, the nails problem uh, Oh yes, with the nails falling off. And we, we, we helped her a little bit with that. Hopefully she's just uh, touching base that she's, I think her Labrador's got a bit of had some or has separation anxiety. And we might've talked about that a little bit. And she says, hi guys. Um, following up on the behavior vet we see here in Brisbane, we see Dr. Bronwyn Bollart of healthy pet behavior service in Ascot. So big shout out to, uh, to Bronwyn. She's also a fellow uh, behaviorist, I guess, similar to myself done a members in animal behavior. Um, we've been seeing her for about four months down and getting great results with his separation anxiety. We still have a Excellent. long way to go, but I've mm. only had him four and a half months. He's a six year old lab. We have no idea of his history. So it's slow and steady. And most importantly, keeping him under his threshold, keep up the amazing work. And please have Deb back on the show at some stage soon. Kind regards, sure thing, Nicole, Nicole. Do. so thank you very much, Nicole, for the update. That's fantastic.
1: Good stuff well that's um, and it's I think it, the, the, the thing I really like about Nicole's letter there, Lewis is just the thing of you know, you know understanding that it is going to take time you know that it's something yep. that really needs to you can't expect that things are going to change over really really quickly with behavior and to to look for for look for small wins and to look back at where you've come from and gone, yeah, we've actually gotten somewhere we're getting where we need to be we're not there yet, but let's keep on fighting.
2: Spot on mate and uh, and uh, you know it's, it's not all over until the till the rooster sings.
1: It's 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 not a, it's not over until the hen's in the pot.
2: That's all right, mate. Well look sounds like it's gonna be hectic over there, mate. Those those roosters jump in the fence now, are they? Or chickens. Yeah, can't hear you, mate. Can't hear probably Robbie, you gotta Rosie, talk to the get
1: microphone. That chicken. You gotta talk to the microphone. Get, I, 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 I've got to pretend that I'm talking, in, not talking into the microphone when I am talking to the microphone. Rosie, where's your chicken? Get, get the chickens. Get the chickens, Rosie. Come and say hi to Lewis. Say hi to Lewis, then go and get the chickens. Come here, Whippet. Come here, Whippet. it. Here, where is she? Here she is.
0: Rosie. Right, Rosie. Welcome, Rosie. Welcome, Rosie. The
1: chickens?
2: Rosie's going, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Chickens. Look at that anxiety chickens. shake, mate. I saw that anxiety <laughs> shake there. She's not comfortable with that at all. She's a, she's a
1: whippet. She, sp- she spends her entire life with an anxiety. Yeah, I know. All righty. <laughs> I think righty we're up. about done. What do you reckon? Yeah, let's put, let's put a fork in this chicken. It is roasted. <laughs> Excellent. All righty. On that note,
2: guys, if you've got a question, you can let us know. 2betstalkpets at gmail.com. We're on the social media. Robbie's going to put up uh, that lovely photo of the the um, the koala bear
1: puppet. or No, not, not a koala bear, just koala puppet. Mum did that, Mum did that. She's gone, oh, um, what was wrong with the bear? And I said, It's a marsupial, not a bear, Mum. Yeah, yeah, don't don't
2: do that. No, don't call that. It's a <laughs> koala, they're not bears. And uh, and so yeah, get us on the socials. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and uh, and uh, we'll
0: um, we'll see you guys next week. Scratch you later. Yep. Peace out, bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com.